Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I'm your host, Doc G. Yes! With me on this hump day. Not the usual, Wait, but the usual for the fun day Sunday edition. The co-host that has now commandeered the reins to the hump day as well as the fun day. Jake, Papa J-Bones, Parlor. Say what? That's right. We're throwing the listeners a little curveball today. Woo! Man, they're usually used to to Dave's sultry, sexy voice. Word. Now they're getting used to Jake's sultry, sexy voice. I didn't Word. have any other adjectives to describe you. I'm sorry. You got the exact same ones. Oh. Are you okay with That's sultry fair. and sexy? Yeah, dude. I'll take those any day of the week. Okay, Wednesday, good. Sunday. Good, good. How... How is your hump day so far, Jake? Is it good? Ooh, let me. Oh, it's all right. I had to get up early for work. Uh, now, you know, I found out about I found out about uh, eleven o'clock that Ben needed me, so I had to. Mm. You know, I can't. I canceled everything I had left, and I was like, "Heck yeah, I'm gonna jump in on this chance." Gosh, man, dedication. You hear that, listeners? Dedication. I need a co-host. My man jumps into action. It's what he does. Yes! It's what he does. Yes! Coming through in the clutch. I like it. Um, Jake, I wanted to talk about one thing. Something fun to start off the show. I, I don't know if you've seen these before, but I saw this right before coming into the studio today. Uh, I see these a lot on the internet um, from different magazines. Uh, and... They do, like, the best of from the year that you were born. Mm. So they basically list every year for, like, the last 60 years or so, whenever. And they say, like, the best car from that year, the most popular car, or the, the most popular cereal. All kinds of weird crap. Well, today, I saw the top pop song from the year you were born. Say what? Huh? Huh? The year I was the year I was born? Every year. Your year, oh, my okay. year, whenever. Yes! So, uh Papa J Bones, when were you born? Was it 94? Hmm. 93. 93. 93. Pretty good one from 93. What do you think it was? Can you think? Think back to 93 cuz you totally remember when you were 0. What? what do you think was the most popular song in 93? Uh, I'll probably have to say "Smells Like Teen Spirit" by Nirvana. Ah, you're too, you're 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 too late for that, my friend. That would have been '92. That would have been '92. Uh, and and I knew you were gonna say rock. You weren't gonna think true pop. I knew you were gonna think '90s rock because that's who you are. So true. You're you're a you're a '90s rock man at heart. But I will always love you, Whitney Houston. Boom. Boom, 93, okay. right there, man. Yeah, yeah. That's a jam, right? That is a jam. Yeah, I, I never listened to much Whitney, but uh, no? yeah, I remember the jam. Man, that song right there, they just got a, 
a song uh, the, like her voice in that song is like a uh, I don't know like a 30 person chorus by itself so true just so much power in that voice in that song and I'll say uh, you know that that obviously that you, you know who wrote that song originally do you know hmm uh it's I'm probably gonna know it but yeah go ahead it's Dolly Parton yes! Dolly Parton originally yeah. r- r- wrote that song and uh, yeah. I gotta be honest, I, I, Dolly Parton, she jams it. Amen. She jams it. Amen. You know, both of them, they both have uh, crazy good voices, but it's a, it's a little bit different in their delivery. Whitney Houston, it's just like an all-out just assault. Just a here comes the here comes the voice, you know. So Dolly true. Parton, she dances a little bit more, a little vocal dancing. Both jams. That's ninety three. What do you think my birth year nineteen nineteen was? Wait, what? Okay, that's not really when I was born. Uh, what do you think my year was nineteen eighty five? Jake, what do you think happened eighty five? What was the what was the feel good tune in eighty five? Hmm. Oh man. Let's see. I'm going to have to say something by uh, probably by the Eagles or like Don Henley. Oh, you're, you're too far back. Now, Don Henley solo, okay. that could have been 85. But if it was or, actually yeah, Eagles, what, that would have been 70s because they disbanded in well, 78. I, um, probably Aerosmith, something Aerosmith. We've got <laughs> – I was a little depressed by this because 1983 was every breath you take – by uh by the police and I was like, all right, that's pretty cool, nice, like it. And then 1984 was Prince when Doves Cry, and I was like, all right, another good one, yes. like that. What's 1985? Careless Whisper, wham. Wait, what? Oh, come on. You're, you're gonna. I ju- I just listened to that song this morning. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So I listened. I listened to the the Seether remake of it. Oh, okay. And I was like, I need to go back and listen to the original. Mm. Yeah. Just oh, to mer- merging the two. I like it. I yeah. like it. Nice. Uh, when was your brother born? What year was your brother born? Uh, 1989. 89. Ooh, they he got a throwback. 89 is Look Away, Chicago. Say what? Chicago. You got a Chicago jam. Which I mean, I got to be honest. I'm pretty big into Chicago. Uh, how does that one go? Uh, look away. I don't even remember. Yeah, look away. I'm gonna be honest. I don't remember Look Away's melody. Nope. It's uh, it's. Hey. Uh, I'm all. I always you think were... of you know, uh, if you want to leave me now, uh, Saturday in the park. Uh, you know, those are always the, the Chicago jams that come to my mind. If you want to leave me now, God, what a what a raucous finale that gets. This reminds but look me. Look away. I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna have to go back. What reminds you? So you remember that whenever you and I were in our gym staff days, right? Yeah. And uh, we were going to the the World of Beer to play open mic nights. And of course. That there was that one older guy sitting in the corner who would not speak to anyone. Yes. And uh, you you were like, he just had his guitar just sitting there, and you wouldn't speak to anyone, and you were like, that dude's probably pretty good. And uh, yeah. I was like, you think And you I think was so? wrong? Yeah, he went up there and <laughs> sang just a bunch of Chicago, and then he just butchered every single song. So true. <laughs> uh, hey, man, but you know what? 
he was giving it what he could. You know, yeah. he got hats off. He was giving it. And I mean, he was, you could tell that dude didn't talk to a lot of people. But you know no. what? He was gonna go. He was gonna go to that open mic night, and he was gonna sing his heart out. That's right. And he was gonna keep singing until the the dude running the open mic night literally pushed him off the stage. So true. So hats off to that dude, and he rocks some Chicago. You got to give it up. Now your your niece, what is that? 2016. Hmm. Is that somewhere yeah. around there? Yeah, 16. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. Love yourself, Justin Biebs. Love yourself, yeah, yeah. Sweet. That's a rocker right there. I think my favorite in in the all from like basically from when you were born all the way up. Ninety five, Gangsters Paradise, Coolio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Man, Juicy. What a jam! That, what a jam that was. My God, what a good what a good trip down memory lane. Am I right? Man. Yeah. Pop songs. I always love those. Yeah. Pop songs of the of the of the generations, man. Now that we have revisited all of those songs, are you ready to fire the show up? Never been more ready. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and lift off. Oh my gosh. Fantastic show today, Jake. I'm very excited about yes. this. Just a uh, uh, Talk about love and life and a person that has some fun. Cece Spina from Little Hurricane. She's coming on the show. She's going to talk to us today. My goodness, Cece. Uh, uh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell her this in the interview, but she just went, like every single video or picture of her playing the drums looks like she's having the best time ever so true like she's always smiling and like it's a smile it looks like somebody just told her a joke about the whole crowd and she's the only one that heard it that's a fact like she just has this look of extreme fun can't wait to talk to her we're going to talk about uh all the new tunes coming out we're going to talk about her having uh two kids in the last uh four years um, we're going to talk about, uh, her meeting Shaq. Sweet. Can't wait to talk Ooh. about Shaq. Yeah. Love talking about Shaq. Shaq Diesel. We're going to talk about San Diego. Whole bunch of stuff. Can't wait for it. But first, we need to start where we start. Birthday suit. Mm. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Okay, Jake. Now these, mm, I'm gonna be honest. Uh, I'm I'm very confident about. Now I had now now I'm gonna have to rejudge these uh, as far as the percentages because I was basing these off of my knowledge of Dave's knowledge. Now I'm gonna have to base them off of my Jake knowledge. Okay. Yeah. So the last one's gonna change some here because uh, the last one's a, a music. Uh, artist and with uh, Dave, I was pretty sure he'd absolutely not know him at all. But you, I'm pretty sure you know him. So I'm going to have to raise that one up. The first one I think is going to stay where it stays. It's at 99%. I'm pretty wow. confident you know this person. I better get it. Okay. Born on July 29th, 1993 in Sulphur, Louisiana. Our birthday suit wear love sports but specifically loved football. He ended up being the quarterback at Halton High School, 
where he led them to a 4A championship his senior year. He ended up earning a scholarship to Mississippi State. He was a backup for the first two years, but the starting role... Dak Prescott is correct. Yes. Yeah. Nailed it. Knew you would. That's why I was 99%, Jake. That's why I was 99%. So he started. He was a backup behind Tyler Russell. Uh, Then he got the starting job. Sadly, same year that he got the starting job, his uh, his mom died of colon cancer. Uh, His junior and senior year, he was named first team All SEC. Uh, then he was drafted 135th pick overall. He was yeah, way got... back there, man. Yeah. Way back yeah. there. Um, he chose to honor his mom uh, with the number four. That was for his mom because his, uh, his mom's birthday was September 4th. So he went okay. with uh, four. And, uh, ironically, he started the season fourth on the depth chart. He was the fourth string quarterback. And then by the starting, by the first game, he was the starting quarterback. Jeez. That's how much chaos went on at Dallas. They lost three other quarterbacks by the time that he got to the first game. Since getting that starting job, he's been a two-time pro bowler. He's thrown 97 touchdowns, ran for 21 touchdowns, and has a passer rating of 97 for his career, which is ranked seventh all time. Wow. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Super high passer rating, man. Dak, getting it done. Underdog story. I like Dak's story, man. Yeah. Underdog story. It's a good one. Uh, well, it's a good one. Well, what do you th- what do you think about the current situation with his contract? Hmm. Um. They sort of screwing him a little bit. You, you th- know. You think so? Um. Well, I mean, I'm sure they'll get something done eventually. You know. Um, that that may be to his advantage, but you know, they just I I think they were just hoping to to milk it a little bit more because he was a four string one hundred and thirty fifth pick quarterback, and now all of a sudden he's doing really good, and they're like, ah, we got to pay this guy too. We already paid Ezekiel Elliott. We already paid Amari Cooper. We can't pay this guy that much. We don't have any more money, man. Yeah. So like, well, you know, they're just they're 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 stuck. Here's my thinking on it. Like, I I, I agree with you. They're trying to milk it, like like you're saying. But yeah. Jerry Jones, he has got maybe four or five more years left that he's running the show, and I think that he I think he's gonna pay Dak, and I think Dak knows that uh, mm. because. Jerry wants to be the one to hold up the trophy whenever they win the Super Bowl. Like he wants to say that he's the one who put that mm. team together. So mm. I think he's gonna. I think he is gonna go all in and give Dak what he wants. Um, but see, the problem. The, the problem is, and you know, I'm not a. I'm not a NFL analyst here, folks. Oh. So don't don't worry. We're not going in too deep. But my impression always is, you have to get your lines good first. That's the most important piece. That's the, that's the part you pay. You pay the offensive line, and you play the defensive line, and then you take gambles on all of the actual skill positions, and usually it will pay off. Those skill positions, you can get the lower-level people. If you pay the skill positions, you're screwed. You're not going to win. 
And that's the way it's all. I mean, you look at you look at Kansas City, you look at the Patriots, you look at Dallas when they were coming up, you look at the Seahawks when they won their championship. That's what goes on. You pay the lines, and then you get the other stuff. When you put out big checks for all of the the skill players and the quarterback, not gonna happen. Nope. Not gonna win a championship. Nope. It's just not gonna happen. I mean, True. that's. That's my opinion. Now we've lost all of our listeners because I turned it into a sports So show. true. Anyways, mm. we we didn't have any listeners to begin with. Don't worry about it, Jake. It's fine. That's a fact. Okay. Are you ready to rip some headlines, Jake? The ripping and the tearing. Let's do it. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Ah. The ripping, we've got some good uh, stories, Jake. I'm very excited about this. Uh, just to warn you, uh, I do have Dave's name spattered throughout this outline. So if I call okay. you Dave, don't be disgruntled. I I'll just respond. read what's on my outline. Just, just a heads up. When Claude filled in a couple of months ago for Dave, I called. Claude Dave like six times. Girl, come on. I really screwed up on it. I apologize again, Claude. I'm sorry. Anyways, that's aside from the point. Uh, Jake, we are staying here in Florida for this story. Um, now, I know you've only been to four states uh, mm-hmm. with, with Florida on that list. Uh, and I know that you came to see me in Jacksonville, so I know you didn't really make it down far in Florida. So true. This story is in Charlotte County, but Charlotte County is near Fort Myers. It's on the southwest of Florida there. Hmm. I don't think I've ever been to Charlotte County. Anyways, Uh here's what happened in, in Charlotte County. Earlier this week, a car caught fire in the parking lot of Culver's Restaurant. Uh, the firefighters were called. They came out. Once they got the fire under control and they had put the uh, the, the car uh, out, they asked the driver what had happened. And he told the firefighters that he had a lovely scented candle that had been burning uh, inside the car and it tipped over onto some papers and ignited the blaze. Word. He said he then stopped at the restaurant to try to get some water to extinguish the fire, but by the time he got back, it had already engulfed the car. Word. Yeah, I'm going to say, I don't know if, how much I believe that guy. Yeah, boom, boom. Amen, Jake. Amen. That's what I said. So when, when the first... When uh, this first happened, the firefighters then put out a PSA to remind motorists not to drive with a burning candle in your car. But I'm with you. I don't know. If I'm the police of the firefighters, I got to imagine this dude's trying to cover up something illegal. Because this story is way too dumb for it not to be something illegal. Like, you're telling me... Like, what, Jake, what would you do if you got into a friend's car and they stop at a stoplight and they're like, oh, you know what? Smells a little funny in this car. Hold on just a second. I'm going to light the scented candle. Wait, what? And they put it in the center. What would you do? I mean, I would just, I honestly would just die laughing, but, <laughs> but like. I, I think I'd, I would secretly blow it out. Like every time yeah, yeah. he stood, just. 
Oh man, your candle. I was, what do you know? I, I don't know how that happened. That's crazy. Nope. Um, well, definitely knowing this story, how it turned out, I'd definitely blow the candle out now. That's a fact. Well, not only is I like how not only did this dude apparently, apparent quote unquote, light his candle, but like he lit it on a stack of kindling. Like, not only did he make a dumb decision to light a candle, he's like, you know what? I'll just uh, surround it with all these flammable objects. The stack of dry, shredded paper should be nice. And this uh, bottle of lighter fluid. I think that should be safe. What? Don't see how this could go. Oh, Jesus, no! It caught on fire! Who would have thought? Like, come on, man. Yeah, yeah, and he also, has he... Does he know that air fresheners are like a multi-billion dollar industry and that they do exist? They they work pretty well. They work pretty well. And you don't get, you know, you don't get the burn off of a candle. That's a fact. You just get the good smell, you know? You know? So true. People wonder why America's response to coronavirus is the worst in the world. We have dudes driving around with with candles lit in their car. Sweet. Obviously, yeah. we're not going to be bright. that good with coronavirus. Uh, Jake, next story here. Uh, we're going up to Portland. So uh, ever since the death of George Floyd, uh, the tension between protesters and police, it's been pretty bad, and especially bad in Portland. Portland's been like sort of a, a epicenter of protest, you know? They, they've had protests almost every night. Yeah. And there have been several injured people, severely hurt protesters over the ca- past couple of months. Well, earlier this month, one woman, I don't know if you saw this, but she she drew some she drew a lot of publicity uh, at the protest and she she drew a lot of publicity because she staged a protest in front of the wall of police naked. Word. Mm. Just just completely naked. She was wearing nothing except for a hat and a mask. And uh, the media dubbed her Naked Athena. That was their name for her. Uh, well, just this past week, Naked Athena spoke out to several media outlets. You know, because everybody was wondering, like, who was this naked lady, right? Uh, she still kept her identity basically anonymous. She just named herself as Jen in these interviews. She was Jen. Uh, when asked about the incident, she said, really wasn't a big deal. I'm notoriously naked. Hmm. What? Notoriously what? naked? What? Uh, then, ask how she planned the event. She said, eh, there was no planning involved. I just felt provoked and fired up. I saw the officers were standing there like warriors, and they're not. And then fury just arose in me, and I said, I want to be naked. Sweet. And I want to confront them. And so she got naked and uh, then danced around them. She uh, performed several ballet moves and yoga poses standing in front of the police. So first, I got to say, Jake, uh, I wish... This were how drunk dudes at bars solve their arguments. Yes! Not because I really want to see drunk dudes naked dancing. Okay. I just think it would be really hilarious. That's a fact. Like, I mean, if Jeff and Frank are standing face-to-face in a bar, Jeff's about to punch Frank, and Frank just rips off all of his clothes and starts doing ballet moves around Jeff, 
I mean, I'm just thinking out yeah. loud here, but I think it would worse work at least for like a couple of minutes for Frank. I mean, Jeff would be like, what? "Wait, what? What the f- this guy doing? Anybody? Why is he naked? He's dancing around. Anybody know what to do in this situation? Nope. I don't know. Second, I want to say, Jake, I want to go to Portland and perform the same stunt. Yeah. What What happened just, to her? Did she get arrested? No. No, she just, oh. you know, I guess uh, hopped off naked and put her clothes back on. But, like, I just don't think the cops would be so stoic, like, if I did it. I have a feeling 10 seconds into my ballet moves, I would get shot with one of those beanbag guns in my beanbag. Ew. And that would be the end of my protest. I would just be <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right. I'm out of here. Apparently, Naked Athena, she did get hit in the foot with one of those beanbag guns. Hmm. Just in the foot, though. She said it altered some of her uh, her poses that she did. So, just... you Do you want to go with me to Portland for my naked protest? I will get everything on tape, and then I'll be standing sideline doing the podcast, giving a play-by-play. <laughs> All right, Ben's getting hit with the uh, with the uh, guns now. Yeah. Oh, he's crying. Jeez. He's 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 in a he's in a fetal position now. Yep. Yep. Lame. They're pushing him off to the side of the street. Oh, this is sad. Oh, very sad. Girl, come on. Uh, Jake, this next story, little bit like the protest made uh, by Naked Athena, except this man was clothed and. Nobody's quite sure what he was protesting, hmm. but he was doing some sort of ballet-esque moves, <laughs> sort of. Um, so last week, again, this is uh, this is in uh, Florida. This is in Orlando at a uh, Wawa gas station. We talked about Wawa. So true. This is a Wawa gas station. A forty-year-old dude casually walked into the parking lot. And started blocking traffic coming in and out of the Wawa by performing different gymnastic moves. Sweet. And like, yeah. before any of you listeners get in your head that you're thinking like like a Patrick Swayze looking dude nope. perform, performing all kinds of amazing tumbles nope. and like, no, no. Think more of like a drunk, out of shape uncle at a family barbecue trying to mimic his 11-year-old cousin. Yes! That's more of the moves that we're talking about. So eventually, this guy was blocking so much traffic that they called the cops. And uh, cop comes out. She tells him to move. But the dude's like, lady, I'm in my zone. That's right. Don't try to get me off of my, my moves. And he just keeps on doing his, his cartwheels and somersaults and everything else. And eventually... The police officer says she's going to have to arrest him. She goes to arrest him, but she's but he's resistant. She eventually has to push him down onto the ground. And as she's trying to get the cuffs on him, the dude somehow wiggles free from the officer and he sprints to his feet. Hmm. Now, he was he was pretty much in the clear, Jake. He could have sprinted off. But this dude was so dedicated to his gymnastics moves that instead he turned right back around and just started doing cartwheels 
in the parking lot again. Yes! And she tackled him again and then put him into her car. Yes! I, I think I saw this one on... Where was this story located at? Orlando. Yeah, I definitely saw this. I saw the video. Nice. Yeah, did yeah. you like that? I mean, he gets tackled. He's being subdued. Then he wiggles yeah. free, and he's like, screw it. More cartwheels. <laughs> That's right. Like, just goes right back <laughs> to it. It's 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 beautiful. His dedication is beautiful. I, I got it. I gotta hand it to him. It's very nice. It's very nice. Um, okay, Jake. Uh, this one's interesting. Uh, it's a it's a it's a it's a sad story, but I wanted to point it out for one main reason. So it's from Vancouver. Uh, Mara Soriano. She was moving into a new apartment uh, on Vancouver's West End this past Friday. And in the process of moving, somebody broke in and stole a bunch of her stuff. Oh. Well, I, I, I guess I should rephrase that. They didn't break in. They stole a bag around her stuff at her U-Haul. They stole it uh, from her stuff as she was moving in. Uh, they stole an iPad. Uh, a Nintendo Switch, but most importantly, they stole a custom-made Build-A-Bear uh, teddy bear that was made by her mother uh, and had an uh, audio message from her mother, Marilyn Soriano, who had just died from cancer a year ago. Oh, right? Man. So it had this recording from her mom that obviously meant a whole bunch to her. Uh, when she realized her bear had been stolen, she was devastated, absolutely crushed, she said. The message from her mom and the bear had said she loved her and was proud of her and would always be with her. Uh, Mara said she doesn't care about any of the other things that were stolen. She only wants to get the bear back. Uh, they went to security footage, and they actually ha have video of the guy who took the bag with those items. Uh, thousands of people have joined in the search to hunt down the bag for Mara, uh, including celebrity Ryan Reynolds. Say what? Yeah. So, uh, Ryan Reynolds jumped on Twitter and said, $5,000 to anyone who returns this bear to Mara. Zero, zero questions asked. I think we all need this bear to come home. Hmm. Which, first off, totally agree with Ryan Reynolds. Hats off, Ryan Reynolds. Yes! Amazing job. I mean, obviously, Ryan Reynolds didn't have to do anything. Obviously, there are a lot of other famous folks that didn't do anything. So, first off, thank you, Ryan Reynolds, yes! for $5,000. Very thank generous. You. But, on the flip side. Word. Yeah. $5,000? Come, yeah. come, come, come on, Ryan. You're Deadpool. You're Deadpool. Like... You're one of the highest paid actors in Hollywood. You have like all kinds of advertising. You got to be at least worth $50 million. And that's what you came up with was 5,000. I mean, so figuratively, yeah, well, I'm I'm worth at least 500 times less than than Ryan Reynolds. So true. Which would mean if I were doing a relatively same posting about this, I would offer $10. For the reward of this bear. Blam. That's the same thing. Which, come on. Come on, Ryan. I'm just saying. Dude, you well, put out a, like a, a 20,000? 20,000? 25? I'm just saying. What do you got to say, Jake? My thing is, 
the part where he's like, no questions asked. So does that mean mm-hmm. this guy who this guy who stole it could just like walk up to Ryan Reynolds and be like, oh, here's the bear, where's my 5K, and then not have to That's answer true. any questions to anybody, you know? That's true. But maybe, maybe, maybe. It, I mean, you know, if I were the dude that stole the bear, which for full disclosure, listeners, I am not. Thank you. Um, if I were that dude, I would think it was a trap. I'd be like, I'm sure. I'm not falling for that, Ryan Reynolds. You're not getting me in that one, okay, bud? Nope. I'm not falling into some kind of how to catch a predator, but in this case, how to catch a bear thief, okay? I'm not going to come in and be like, here's your bear, and then what's-his-face is going to hop out of the corner and be like, uh, excuse me, could you sit down for a second? So you took this bear. Can we talk about that for a little bit? And I'll be like, oh, 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 yeah, I just had the bear for it. And they'll be like, can we look at these text messages you sent to the bear? What? <laughs> that wasn't me. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I derailed on how to catch a predator, Jake. Anyways. Great show. Great show. Uh, okay, one more story before uh, break. Jake, we've talked about this several times on the show before. Uh, the Confederate flag shows up in a lot of, uh, uh, dumb situations. That's a fact. This is not one of those stories. This is a story of a lot of people thinking the Confederate flag showed up in a dumb place, but apparently those people being too dumb to recognize different flags. Oh! Yeah. Yeah. So, Hmm. uh, St. John's, Michigan. There's a pretty big mansion in St. John's, Michigan, and it has the architectural stylings of a Civil War-era mansion. In fact, it was actually owned by Union General uh, uh, during the Civil War. That's right. That's a fact. Um, But now, the mansion is owned by uh, Greg and Kirsten Offenbecker. Greg and Kirsten Offenbecker. And they turned the mansion into a bed and breakfast. So now it's a it's a big old bed and breakfast in St. John's, Michigan. Sweet. And uh, once they started using it as a bed and breakfast, Jake, they put out an American flag on one of the columns. And since they're second generation Norwegian, they put a Norwegian flag as well. Hmm. And over the past year or so, they've been getting hateful emails and people directly coming into the bed and breakfast telling them they need to take down their racist flag. Wait, what? And of course, the first time this happened, they were like, what? What flag are you talking about? And they're like, the Confederate flag, you a-holes. Take that down. And they were like, word. We don't have one of those, right? And they went out and they're like, this is a Norwegian flag. Bird's like, oh. All right, my bad. Sorry about that. We walk on. But it kept happening hundreds and hundreds of times. Now, I know maybe some of the listeners and yourself, Jake, are like, oh, what's a Norwegian flag look like? I don't know. I just looked it's, it up. It's a cross. It's a red and yeah. blue cross, not an X like the Confederate flag, but a cross with no stars. Yeah. So I mean, it, the... It looks, I mean, I guess where I could see where people would make that mistake, but then again, like if it's waving in the air and stuff, you might think it's a Confederate flag, but yeah. But wouldn't you do a double take? Like, so the, the, the couple said uh, it never occurred to them 
that people would mistake the Norwegian flag as anything else. Greg said, it bugs me as far as the stupidity of people. Even if the flag's blowing in the wind or laying limp, there are no stars. They look nothing yeah. alike. Um, and also, this is a, is a little bit outside, but again, these people that think it's a Confederate flag, wouldn't they think it's a little weird that at a former mansion of a Union general that they would be flying the flag of the enemy? Hmm. Wouldn't that be a little yeah. weird? I'm just saying. For sure. It's tad strange. Like you're in, uh, you're in Michigan. Like, yeah, yeah. But like, you know, the thing that amazes me about this though is like, you mean to tell me that somebody saw this and they they glanced at the flag and they're like Confederate flag and they got so angry and they built it up all day and then they wrote off this email and they maybe double checked it for spell check and everything. And never once did they say, "Ever check. I got a quick glimpse of that flag. Better make sure that's the right flag that I was looking at. Mm. Never once. Not once a double check. Nope. Instead, they were just like, this needs to be removed. Oh, it's the wrong flag. Sorry about that. Whoops. Jeez. Okay. Didn't know. My bad. Nevertheless, Jake, uh, the couple said they're taking it down. They're tired of it. Yeah, they can't. They can't. They said they, they they're tired of having to respond to hundreds of messages, uh, and they just took it down. They said it'd be easier, so they took down both the American flag and the Norwegian flag because they said, "Forget it. If they can't if they can't deal with our Norwegian flag, we'll take them all down." Right? Sad. Yeah. Sad, Jake. I, I, well, I understand. Yeah, I get it. It's easier. We're going to take a break. We're going to hear from our guest of honor, none other than Little Hurricane. This is Sheep in Wolves Clothing, right here on the Doc G Show.
And we are back yes. here on the Doc G Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKR LP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Listeners, do us a kind favor and please uh, rate the podcast, listen to the podcast, and just, you know, have a good time with the podcast. You know, tell other folks about yeah. it download it whatever you want to do with it just let it be part of your world so true is what i'm saying it's what i'm saying check out the website you get to check out some great videos from the studio in here you get to check out the upcoming guests we've got some great guests coming up very excited about the ones we've got lined up you get to check that out all kinds of stuff just do it be fantastic for us uh jake are you ready to thank the folks that already do listen to the podcast hmm. yeah i'm ready to listen to you run through these things all right good we're gonna run through the regulars first and we know i'm gonna go reverse this time i'm gonna end with oh. jacksonville i'm gonna start with the the most recent okay Okay. You're gonna bring so, and, us home. And by the way, this is a sad note for the regulars. Moscow is off the list. Oh, they, they, oh no. They, they haven't listened for a week. I got to take them back down to semi regulars. I don't know what they're doing with their lives over there. Come on, guys. Oh, come on. Come on. Get into the Doc G show again. Get it. Uh, okay. Starting off, Fisherville, Virginia, shout out to Fishersville. Columbus, Georgia, shout out to Columbus, Georgia. Bristol, Virginia, birthplace of country music, splitting the line between Tennessee and Virginia. Shout out to you guys. Brighton, United Kingdom, shout out to you guys. Genoa, Italy, our Italian connection, thank you for listening, guys. Peoria, Illinois, thank you for listening. Orlando, Florida, home of the NBA bubble, shout out to you guys. United Kingdom, London, shout out to you guys. Mountain View, California, our first West Coast connection, shout out to you guys. Madison, Tennessee, shout out to you guys right outside of Nashville. Kenner, Louisiana, and in the heart of New Orleans, shout out to you guys. The Star City, Roanoke, Virginia, shout out to you guys. Our original Virginia listeners, shout out to Ashburn, Virginia. Shout out to Barcelona, Spain, another one of our international listeners. Shout out to Charleston, South Carolina. Shout out to the Queen City, Charlotte, North Carolina. Second, Shout out to our second West Coast Connection, Boardman, Oregon. Shout out to Dublin, Ireland. Shout out to Radford, Virginia. Shout out to Gainesville, Florida. Shout out to the capital city of South Carolina, Columbia. And lastly, shout out to Duval. Duval County, Jacksonville. Yes, indeed. There we go, Jake. The regulars. The regulars. You did. That was nice. I had a couple stumbles. I had a couple stumbles, but it was okay. It's okay. The Sorry. list, the list has morphed a little bit. I'm excited. You know, I'm excited about adding a couple new ones like Fishersville. I'm uh, a little sad about Moscow leaving. Hopefully they come back. Hopefully they get back on the regulars. You know, that's a fact. I always get very excited about our international listeners. Yes! They make me happy. You know, I'm just saying. That's right. Uh, speaking of that, semi regulars, Jake. Guess who's back on the list? Port Villa, uh, Vanuatu, Port Villa. Yeah, they're back, dude. They're back. Yes. Listen to the show. 
Vanuatu, thank you for listening, guys. I love it. I love it. Uh, Bronx, New York. Shout out to the Bronx. Boogie Down Bronx, Shout listening. Out. Thank you, guys. Cleveland, Ohio. Shout out to Cleveland. Thank you for listening. Shout out. Uh, guess who else is back, Jake? Ponchatoula, Louisiana. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't worry, guys. Me and Jake, we're hitting you guys up. Strawberry Festival. Yes. It's happening. It's going down. Yes. Uh, then, all the way across the world, Blenheim, New Zealand. Shout out to Blenheim. They're actually uh, fairly close to Vanuatu. They need to hit up the hit up uh, Vanuatu, hang out, have a Doc G listening party. Yes! Be a pretty good time. Uh, Miami, Florida. Shout out to the three hundred five. Atlanta, Georgia. Shout out to High Atlanta, Phoenix, Arizona. Shout out to you guys. Okay, Jake. It's time for a little geography lesson. It's time for the mm -hmm. two newcomers. You ready for it? Yeah, let's do this. Okay. Okay, we've got an East Coast, West Coast. What do you want to hear first? Uh, let's do West Coast, and then let's bring it home. Okay. Okay. West Coast. Uh, technically, we've had this one on the show before because they're within city limits, but uh, they are also their own city, so we're going to give them their own shout-out. Edmonds, Washington. Edmonds, Washington. Shout-out. Technically. All right. Technically a part of Seattle. I've driven through Edmonds. It's nice. Like it. Uh, it's north of Seattle. If you just keep on driving through Seattle, it's like 15 miles north of downtown Seattle. Very nice. Got a lot of good uh, views on the Puget Sound. Lovely in Edmonds. So true. Uh, fun fact about Edmonds, Jake. Ken Jennings. Have you ever heard the name Ken Jennings? Yeah, man, that Jeopardy dude. Yeah! Shout out to Parker. Our friend Parker is a big fan of Jeopardy. Shout out to Parker. That's right. Um, I do remember that. He loves, loves Jeopardy. Doesn't <laughs> miss it, man, every night. Uh, Ken Jennings, biggest winner ever in Jeopardy, won 74 times in a row from Edmonds. Yes! Boom. There you go. There you go. Okay, Jake, you ready for our East Coast? It's sort of East Coast. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, you okay. know, it's Tennessee. So, you know, not and all the way more. East Coast, but it's there. Uh, Paris, Tennessee. Shout out to Paris. Um, Paris is about 80 miles west of Nashville. It's right beside Kentucky Lake. Now, oh, I know you're wondering, Jake, you're like, Paris. Do they have an Eiffel Tower? They do. Yeah, you threw me. Oh, oh. oh. They have okay. an Eiffel Tower. It's a 70-foot uh, recreation of the original Eiffel Tower, 70 feet in Eiffel Tower Park. Not only does it have the recreation of the Eiffel Tower, it has an Olympic-sized pool, tennis courts, and a Frisbee golf course, Jake. Yeah. Yeah. Say what? That's right. Paris. Paris. And it was named after Paris, France, in honor of uh, Marquis de Lafayette. Um, lastly, Jake, Paris, Tennessee, claims to have the world's largest fish fry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm down to, I'm down to hit up some fish fries. 12,500 pounds of catfish last uh, year, Jake. 
twelve five, twelve thousand five hundred. Apparently, it evolved it. from Mule Day. Word. It started as Mule Day back in 1938 when folks would bring in their mules to trade downtown. And apparently, when they brought in their mules to trade, they'd have some fish. And then the fish just took over, especially when people started using a lot more uh, tractors than mules. Hmm. So then they were like, hey, why are we coming downtown if we have tractors? How about we just keep eating fish? That sounds good. Sweet. And they turned it into a fish fry day. And now it's the biggest in the world. Boom. I love me some catfish, Jake. I love it. Yeah, love it's, it. it's been probably 10 years since I've had catfish. Really? Yeah, really? dude. I'm, I'm being honest. Yeah. I'll tell you, uh, I, I, re, I, I found, I uh, you know, reinvigorated my love for catfish when we had a celebration there at uh, on, on USC's campus, uh, uh, um, catered by Hudson's, and they had some catfish nuggets. Oh, mmm. You Say kidding? what? Those catfish nuggets were delicious, man. I remembered how delicious catfish is. Also, how delicious fried things are. That's a big. Oh that's yeah. A, that's a big Anything. help. That's a big help in in the deliciousness of fried catfish. Uh, Jake, thank you to all the listeners out there, the newcomers, Paris. We thank you, uh, Edmonds. We thank you, all the newcomers, Vanuatu. Keep listening, Moscow. I hope you come back. Okay. Shout out. Jake, you ready? Two uh, two stories. Leftover stories. Ah. All right. Uh, let's do I've, it. I've got one about the lottery. I've got one about McDonald's. Which one you want to hear first? Hmm. Um, let's do Mickey D's. I okay. Like, I like Mickey D's. Okay. Hmm. Uh, how much do you like Mickey D's? Like, I mean, you're a healthy guy now, but as you've mentioned yeah. before, you have a chubby kid inside of you that loves that Mickey D's. Uh, oh, yeah. How much do you like it? Hmm. Let's just say I've given up a lot of things whenever I turn to health and fitness. Mm-hmm. But I still hit up I still hit up the Mickey D's probably three or four times a week. Wow. It's America's dirty yeah. secret. It's you know, yeah. the thing I love about it is obviously there are millions of people that love McDonald's. There are fourteen thousand McDonald's restaurants in America by itself. And like no matter what time of day you drive by that drive-thru will be packed. Yes! Like, it doesn't matter if it's 3.45 in the afternoon or 2 in the morning, it's still going to have tons of cars in the drive-thru. Like that, and yet, even more amazingly, when you ask somebody, unlike an honest Jake answer right there of, I do eat it several times a week, most people will be like, oh, I never eat McDonald's. Say what? I never eat it. Now, liars. With that being said, I will tell you I haven't had McDonald's in forever. Wait, what? And that's not because I'm too good to eat McDonald's cuz I totally would. Right now if you were like, "Ben, we got to go to McDonald's." I would eat it with you. That's fine. I just have a preference of usually other McDonald uh, other fast food restaurants instead of McDonald's. So, I usually don't eat it too uh, I like I can't remember the last time I had it. But um I'm not above it. Don't don't take it as me thinking I'm above McDonald's. I am totally not above yeah. McDonald's. I'm below it by a far amount, okay? Yes! Um, but 
The focus of this uh, story, Jake, is that they did a survey, and this survey was actually in the UK, not in America. It was in the UK about McDonald's, and guess what? UK folks love their McDonald's. So true. They are big fans in the United Kingdom. Uh, So they surveyed a 1,000 people. And uh, this survey came right at the end of the first lockdown of coronavirus that they had in uh, the United Kingdom. And uh, one of the results was 20% of the people in the survey said that the taste of the Big Mac right after lockdown would be more important to them and better than a raise at work. Huh? They would rather taste that Big Mac than get a raise at work. Right. I don't love it that much. Sixteen <laughs> percent said that a Big Mac uh, after lockdown would be more exciting than their first child when they were born. Jeez. Thirteen oh. percent said it would be better than their wedding day. <laughs> Dude, these people got some sad lives over there. Well, let's be honest. As the folks that listen to the show know. I'm not that big on wedding days. Nope. So I would put it up there above a wedding, too. I'd be like, you know what? This is a pretty good okay. burger. We got to take it above that. Fair. Now, the kid, though, if you're having a kid, uh, at least you can't let the kid see the results of this survey. The kid sees the results of the survey and be like, Dad, did you did you vote that this was McDonald's was more important than me being born? Yes, son. Yes. Yes. I do like Big Macs more than I like your face. I'm sorry. I don't like you. Uh, which really makes me wonder if they've started putting crack in Big Macs. Like, That's a fact. How else yeah. are these things so... Like, I mean, it's crazy. Um, then 46%, 46% of the survey takers said they'd rather give up alcohol than give up McDonald's. Wow. Which I can I, agree. I understand that one. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. But to be fair, Jake... They don't know how many alcoholics they were surveying. So true. Because if you, if, I mean, they're obviously surveying some McDonald-aholics. Like, if they got some alcoholics, guarantee, they're not giving that alcohol up. Sorry. Sorry, McDonald's. You got to go. Um, but then I think the other question that I got to ask about this on all of these questions is, would I have to give up all other fast food or is it just McDonald's? Hmm. Like, you know, like the last question, like 46% give up McDonald's. Like, do I have to give up McDonald's, but I can keep everything else? Because that's a whole different yeah, question. You know? Yeah. Because, like, I mean, let's say, like, I can't have a Big Mac, but I can still have a burger from Fuddruckers, Five Guys, Wendy's, Burger King, Sonic, Whataburger, Crystals, Rallies, Checkers, Cookout, Hardee's, Carl's Jr., Smashburger, A&W, In-N-Out, Burger Fi, Johnny Rockets, Relish, Shake and Steak, Shake Shack, Jake and, uh, Jack in the Box, Culver's, White House, White Castle, Dairy Queen, Red Robin, Fat Burger, hmm. just to name a few, right? Wow. <laughs> I look just just so you know before the the before the show today I looked up what other places I could say serve burgers. There's a lot, Jake. There's a lot. Um and 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 just so you know, pretty much every single one of those that I listed, I've had. 
which is really sad. I've had almost every single one of those. The only ones on that list that I haven't had are uh, Jack in the Box and Culver's. Every other one uh, I've had, which is really I sad. Go, I would love to go to In-N-Out. That's actually like a dream of mine. I, I mean, I've had Animal it, style. and I'm not downplaying it, but like I think it was one of those things people played up too much for me, you know? Like, everybody sure. was just telling me, like, oh, my God, dude, you are going to flip out when you have it. And it's the greatest thing ever. It is so good. And then I had it. I was like, eh. Word. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I know I know the West Coast folks. Right now, our folks in Boardman, Oregon, and the folks in, uh, in uh, um, uh, uh, Mountain View Ma are going to go insane. But for my money... Fuddruckers beats them all up and down that list. So true. Fuddruckers destroys In-N-Out Burger. Destroys them. That's a fact. Don't at me, California people. Do not at me. Wait, Fuddruckers des destroys them. You know who lists Fuddruckers in their songs? Lil Wayne. That's who. Mm. He's Ruckers like Fudd. All right? That's an old reference. That song's like 2005. So true. Shows you that I was born when Wham! was popular. Anyways. That's a fact. Moving on to our next story, Jake. Are you ready? Lottery story here. Got another lottery mm. one. Um, oh, yeah. We still... Are, is our pack still good from Saturday? <laughs> our pack's still on. I haven't bought any lottery tickets, so it's definitely still on. Um, you good. haven't either, have you? Uh, no, I haven't. Okay, good. Um, Jake, speaking of uh, lottery, though, a woman in Australia, she won the lottery. Not a big lottery winning. She only won $70,000. But um, the, the lady was ecstatic. She was just ecstatic about this win. Now, she wasn't actually excited about the money. That's the interesting part. She was ecstatic because she said that she went to a tarot, cre uh, a tarot card reader who read her card several years ago and told her that she would never win anything in her life. Hmm. And since then, she's been trying to prove that psychic wrong. Word. That's why oh. she's excited about this lottery. Because she went to a psychic, they said, hey, bad news, you're not going to win anything. And she was like, yeah, we'll see about that. And apparently, since then, she's been trying to read something, uh, win something. Which I gotta be honest, uh, if I was her, I would have just gone and bought a box of Cracker Jacks and been like, "Hey, totally won the prize in this in this box of, box of Cracker Jacks. I win! Totally beat the yeah, curse I of this psychic. Like, come on." Also, how how did that even come up during the card reading? Like, yeah. Yeah. That's my biggest question. Also, like, how many, like, I don't know many psychics out there that go with negative stuff. Like, you yeah, know? You're a loser. <laughs> like, <laughs> you generally go with positive things to make the person happy so they'll come back to you. Like, and and second, like, who, in, like, who is this lady? Who else goes to a supposed psychic just to, like, prove them wrong? Like, you know, yeah. tell me, psychic. What do you see in my future? Okay, I'm seeing something. I see that you're going to find love, and you're going to find love on a beach in the summer. Oh, really? Well, guess what? I'm moving to Montana, 
and I'm only talking to people in the winter. That'll teach you to predict my future. I am proving you wrong. Like what? What is? What is? Who does that, all, lady? So weird. From all the publicity, all the publicity she's getting from this winnings, it's a gonna be a bad rap for that uh, card reader there. No, yeah. Her career's probably done. <laughs> no doubt. Now I'm gonna go out on a limb and and guess this isn't the first time that card reader's got something wrong. Just uh. That's a fact. Just uh, just a hunch. Just a hunch. Uh, Jake, we are going to take one quick break, but we will be back with none other than CC from Little Hurricane, right here on the Doc G Show. The Doc G Show, because sometimes you need something playing in the background. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on 99.5 FM, Spinnaker. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today, we are very lucky to have an excellent drummer and one half of Little Hurricane, Miss Cece Spina. Cece, how are you doing? I am very well. How are you today? I am doing pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, you know, under the circumstances of pandemics and such. Word. Now, I've got I to gotta imagine it's never a good time to have a pandemic, but considering you have uh, two kids under the age of three... I'm guessing it's a it's a pretty good time to be stuck at home. Yeah, it's not bad. You know, I'm I'm not too sad about having to stay home with we've got a seven month old and a two and a half year old. Yeah. So we were planning on bringing them on the road this summer, and I'm a little bit relieved that we don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine the chaos that that would bring. <gasps> I mean, there's already enough curveballs thrown during a normal tour and then you add two precocious kids to it and that's gonna <laughs> that's really gonna get insane so true speaking speaking of your children i noticed uh and i've, I've seen you uh talk about this before but i gotta bring it up uh your your first uh child there your oldest child uh when you were pregnant with him uh shack uh met you <laughs> And I, I guess you could say blessed your child there, just sort of. And it's just, it's so amazing when I look at that picture, yes! the enormity of his hand. Like, <laughs> he put I, his hand on your stomach, and, like, you've got your hand around his thumb, and it's just his thumb. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's he, was he that, like, when you were beside him, were you like, my God, you were enormous? Yeah, he's a very large man. He was actually <laughs> playing um, the same festival that we were playing, and he was DJing. And mm. he's got a huge following, you know? Yeah. And all of the artists backstage, there were some really big bands playing that festival, but everyone wanted to meet Shaq because yeah. it was just like, oh, man, like, I just, I got to meet him. Yeah. And me being pregnant, of course, I wanted a picture with him, and... I didn't ask him to put his hand on my belly. He went for it. But I, I would guess his hand was probably bigger than the child within my stomach at, the, at that point. <laughs> it, it, it takes me back when I went to uh, when I went to New York to the, the NBA store. They have those basketballs with the, the players' hands on them. And I remember putting my hand in his on the basketball, and, like, my fingers barely came out of his palm. 
and I was just like, <laughs> man. But he he seems like a fun guy. So I mean, you know, I'm yeah. I'm not too surprised that that he went for it. That he was he was happy to do the picture. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like a lot of bands, you've been doing some live streaming during the the pandemic, and I actually I noticed like you actually had a like some happy hours. How how has yes. the live streaming been? How has the experience been for you? Um, the live streaming, you know, the way that we were doing it for the happy hours, I really enjoyed. We also did live streaming through Instagram and Facebook, and mm-hmm. I found those to be more difficult because. You're, you're playing to people that you can't see or visualize. So yeah. when you when you finish a song, you just you don't even know if they heard it. <laughs> you like you just kind of finish it, and then you're like, oh, I guess we go on to the next song. And it's this very awkward feeling. But the way that we were doing these happy hours, and we're going to be bringing it back um, nice. again next month, where we were doing them through the Zoom app. Yeah. So um, it was so much fun, and we just did one the other day, actually, and. You know, they're a really great thing for like, um, we've been doing a lot of surprise parties with them. So, you know, somebody that's a big fan of the band will hire us um, or a loved one of theirs will hire us. And so the the fan of the band will show up and all of a sudden we're there on their computer screen and maybe 10 of their friends throughout the country are also watching on their computer screen. And for, for us, this is the closest thing to a live show that we can do because we can see the audience then and we can get, you know, some feedback. They can applaud or request songs or we can talk and talk about what they're doing or what their day is. We can toast and have a drink together. Um, so it ends up being like honestly a very fulfilling experience because it's a closer connection we have towards people in the audience. Yeah. And then we get that feedback of feeling like okay they enjoyed it because you know like we love to play music but it does feel good to know that that it sounds good and that somebody actually enjoyed the performance we're putting on. For sure, I mean I, I've heard that a lot from the guests since uh, you know since most bands have been. Uh, <laughs> basically been stuck to some type of live streaming and uh that's i've noticed a lot of people actually starting to move more over that sort of performance for hire in that situation because you you get an actual audience and you get an actual live feedback as opposed to like you were saying a 15 second delay of maybe some people throwing on some hearts and clapping emojis (laughs) and you're like all right i guess that was good when we did that 30 seconds ago cool (laughs) Um, so let's let's take the listeners back uh and how you got into drumming originally uh i heard you uh probably got in sort of officially when you were when you were fairly young uh, you started playing in the school band. Was that was it magic at first rudiment? Like when you first started playing, were you just like, <laughs> oh, this is it. This is it. I mean, I absolutely, I do. I love the drums with all my heart. And I was 10 years old when I uh, first started playing on a snare drum. Mm-hmm. And um, although I, I feel very connected and there's really no other instrument, like I've tried to learn other things, but when I have free time, I want to play the drums. Yeah. But, but that being said, it did not come entirely easy for me mm. um you know i i was the only girl on the all dr- all male drum line mm. and you know I, I wasn't the best and i wanted to be and, yeah. and that for me was the motivating factor to practice harder because i wanted to beat the boys and but even to this day the drums as much as i absolutely am passionate about it and love it um it takes work for me oh, for so sure. for me to, to write a new song and write a new feel like i i actually need to write down the notes and the music mm-hmm. so i can read it and kind of learn it that way mm-hmm. um so i wouldn't say i'm like the, the best natural drummer but i've got a lot of grit yeah <laughs> and um 
to, to have that resilience to keep going back to something that's challenging and then find my way to work through it and then feel like, okay, I, I feel a little bit good at this. <laughs> for, for, uh, I, I, heard, I heard you talk about that sort of, you know, starting point with the, the band and talk about how the, uh, the band director gave you the aptitude test and you actually did pretty well at the musical aptitude test. And that's what I was thinking in my head a little bit opposite of what you said, like it, it actually came natural because I did the same thing. I was a drummer in high school in, in marching band all through high school. And I was like the opposite on that aptitude test. I failed <laughs> hardcore. Like basically the only reason that I got on the drum line was because our band director was desperate and was like, we need people. The dude says he wants to play drums. I guess I guess we'll let him. But like, I did that aptitude test. Like, let's play a rhythm, and I played like the complete opposite thing. And she just stared at me and was like, "Okay, all right, let's try something else." But I I get it because I definitely had to practice a lot to try to uh, improve. We'll say I modestly improved once I got to. <laughs> later stage. Nope. Now, outside of school band, did you uh, were there drummers by that time that you looked up to? Because I know I was sort of oblivious to like rock drummers in middle school. But did you look up to Keith Moon or John Bonham or maybe female like uh, Sheila E. Somebody like that? You know, I didn't have really a, a drummer that I aspired to be like until I actually years later played in the band and, mm -hmm. and started more researching what kind of what kind of energy I wanted to have on stage. And I saw this yeah. really incredible video of Karen Carpenter playing mm. the drums. Yeah. Um, and she was in this huge room just running around playing all these different drums. And she had this big smile on her face. And you could just tell she loved it. And <laughs> when I saw that video, I was like, that's what I feel like when I play the drums. I feel so happy. And I want to project that energy to people watching that, like, this is fun. You know? That's, um, that's so, what you look like when you uh, you you do put that on. I was going to say that later in the interview is because you have this look. Like, to me, it's a look like somebody told you a joke about the whole crowd and you're the only one that knows it. <laughs> like, you just, it, it, you just, you're in a playland. Like, you, whenever you're playing, it's always smiles. It's so impressive. Well, like, sometimes I feel some utter disbelief that I get, I get to do this for my job. Yeah. Um, like, I get to do this. I get to hit things with sticks, and when I'm done, <laughs> people applaud. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> Everyone should be so lucky to, like, go to work and get that kind of feedback. So I really, it, it's never lost on me that this is, like, this is an honor to be able to do this. Not everyone gets this opportunity. So all the time I get on stage, I'm going to enjoy it and, and soak up every last second. For sure. Well, I, I, I noticed you, you didn't have the best time all the way through school because once you got to marching band, apparently your... Uh, your band director was apparently sort of lame Wham. and made you uh, play xylophone. Regu re just regulated you to xylophone because you were the girl on the line. Um, did did yeah. how how long did that take you away from drums? Well, that was years, unfortunately. So what had happened that year? The the year prior to freshman year, we had auditioned for what drum position we wanted. I wanted snare drum mm -hmm. and. I worked my butt off and I got that, I got the part and I spent all summer memorizing my parts, 
and then to get to school at the beginning of the year and realize that, you know, some of the other moms who had sons who had made it all the way through their senior year and had not played snare drum complained. And all of a sudden I was on xylophone and mm. Um, mm. I self-destructed. I'm like, I'm not going to learn to read that kind of music. I don't, And I wish I would have. I wish I would have <laughs> learned to read regular, you know, yeah. like, uh, notes. But I, I ended up getting a D in band and, and kind of flunking out. Mm. Um, so I didn't go back to it again for at least 10 years man um i just thought like this wasn't for me i'm tired of the fight and i I, there were some people in my family that were really disappointed that i was quitting because i really loved to play the drums and they were disappointed in my parents for allowing me to quit yeah well if i hadn't had that time in between i don't think that i would be doing it today Mm. well shame on your band director anyways that's uh yeah, I agree. That guy sucks. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to my band director, Miss Duncan. I always shout her out on the show anyway. She was fantastic. Super nice lady. Shout Best out. band director you could have. Uh, xylophone, oh, though. That's great. I mean, you know, you don't get to... Xylophone, you don't even get to do a cadence when you're going out to the stadium. Nope. You just have to sit there and stare at your goofy... Yeah. Your goofy answer. Yeah, it's just... No, it's no fun. I totally understand. Um... But you you left music and you you actually decided to go to culinary school um, as a result, and I heard that uh, cooking sort of runs in your family. Both grandmothers uh, were from Italy, which really yes! fires me up because I love Italian food. <laughs> is that is that your oh, uh, favorite thing to cook? Is Italian? Uh, you know, I, I I studied under a lot of French chefs. So mm-hmm. I know a lot about French food, but I'm actually now during this time of coronavirus, mm-hmm. I'm running a pop-up taco shop mm. uh, on August 4th. Wow. <laughs> so I've, I've lost my mind and I'm getting back into cooking for at least one day. So we'll see how <laughs> that goes. But I, I just, I, I love food, you know? Um, yeah. Working in the restaurant industry is very difficult and, and getting back into it now just for this one day is reminding me just, I mean the margins that they have to operate in restaurants and especially right now, um, they're just so slim and it's yeah. a really difficult industry to make a decent living at. But when you're passionate about food, it's just fun to like, you know, prepare things that people are really going to enjoy. For sure. For sure. Well, I, it made me think, cause when you, you know, when, when I heard, uh, the Italian in your family, it made me think I had a, I had a friend in high school, and his parents were second generation Italian, and his his mom would always just love to make these huge Italian dinners. Yes! And like I said, I love it. So whenever I would go over there, they have like all their friends over, and my friend would be like, "Hey, we're gonna go play football. You want to come?" I'd be like, Mm-mm. "Nope. I want to see how this lasagna is gonna <laughs> end." Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna hang out here with your mom until she finishes this. Yes! It was just like I mean, it was it was so fun. It was so it just. It's such a, a, a together experience in that in, in that Italian kitchen. It's fantastic. Uh, spe- speaking yeah. of that, and speaking of San Diego, um, and obviously since you were in the industry for a little bit before you started music uh, in San Diego, I always ask this of my guests. If I come to San Diego and I call you up and I'm like, CC, I've got one night in San Diego. Where should I eat? What restaurant are you going to tell me? Now, heads up, we just had K-Bong on the show from San Diego a couple weeks ago, and he said, he told me uh, La Perla, uh, La Perla Cocina. That was his choice. He decided to go Mexican, but what would your choice be? Any type of food you want, 
and I don't care, just whatever's on your mind right now that you would think would be the best? So the first thing that comes to my mind is also Mexican food, but it would be any taco shop that ends in bear toast. Bear so toast. there's Alberto's, there's Bear Toast, there's there's all these all these taco shops that end in Bear Toast. Nice. Um, and they have they have drive-throughs, and so one dish that's kind of signature to San Diego is the California burrito, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is a burrito that has carne asada steak in it, but it also has French fries, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. along with pico de gallo and sour cream and. I, I feel like that's what I you, you're not going to lose if you get a California <laughs> burrito. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I, uh, I like I told K Bong, uh, San Diego is one of my uh, God. I love San Diego. It's one. It's the one place that I would be fine with leaving Florida to go to. Yes. Like uh, it's yeah. fantastic. And it's it's uh, tell everybody this, but it's it's the one California city that lives up to the California persona. Like every other city I go to, I'm like, nah. LA, I'm like, nah, it's too pretentious. Like yeah. I go to I go to yeah. San Francisco, I'm like, eh, they think too much of themselves. And then I go to San Diego and I'm like, this is just right. This is an amazing city. I agree. I love it, man. It's, it's very chill. Yes. It's very unpretentious. <laughs> yes, it's fantastic. I had the greatest experience ever with a waiter from Hodad's in San Diego. He was oh yeah. He was the most laid back fun dude ever. I was like, can I just live with you? Where do you live? I want to come hang out with you forever. You seem amazing. And eat Hodad's every day. Exactly. I will weigh three hundred pounds in a couple of weeks. Um, so back to music. Uh you got back into music uh by buying yourself. Eventually you were like, you know what, I need to I need to start drumming again. You got yourself an electronic drum pad, and uh, I was wondering because I've had several of these. Do you remember what type it was, and uh, you know yeah. what you first started doing on it? It was a Yamaha. Nice. Um, it wasn't the Roland that I really wanted, but it was a Yamaha. And uh, honestly, this is kind of funny. One of the first things I did um, was I would put on. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever even told anyone this, but I would put on like a. a a white stripes album, mm. right? And then mm-hmm. I would write new drum parts. <laughs> nice <laughs> to just see, like, because I, I wanted to be in a duo, and they were a duo, and I knew, you know, I think Meg, in her own right, was a perfectly great drummer for what they did, but there was a lot of room to add. So oh, it was yeah. a good like space to to plug in some headphones and be like, what what would I do for this song? You nice, know? yeah. Um, so I did a lot of that. <laughs> very nice, very nice. Um, well, and so once you got back into the groove and you wanted to do some jamming, you, you put a, a, a Craigslist ad out. Do you remember yeah. what the ad said? I was looking for, uh, a partner, you know, I, I believe I said I wanted, <laughs> I needed someone with stage appeal. So nice. I, I was, I was, I was kind of exaggerating what I wanted, but something along the lines <laughs> of like, I want panties thrown on stage, what? you gotta be a good <laughs> songwriter, you know. And, you know, I got all sorts of responses that were really creepy, uh, clearly, <laughs> when you're posting ads like that on Craigslist. Yeah. So I just, like, ignored them all and, and went about my day. And then I got a, a response that was a follow-up from a previous response that was just like, hey, do you want to jam? And it was from Tone, who is yeah. now my guitar player and husband. Yeah. And, you know, I think he responded to my silly ad with... Uh, he, was, he was being truthful, but it was, you know, kind of silly, like, that... Christina Aguilera told him he smelled good and Gwen Stefani kissed him on the cheek and he had been worked with all these artists and I didn't believe him at all. Okay. Um, 
I was but. about to say, because I, I saw that, you know, I looked at Tone's history, you know, as an audio engineer, and I was just like, how's this guy applying to a Craigslist ad? And, like, did he list all of that? Like, did he have a resume? Like, hey, here's all the people. Because, like, if I were you and I was getting back into music and I see that, I'd be like, well, that guy's a little bit ahead of where I'm at right now. Uh, I guess, though, well, if he I, did it jokingly, it was a little bit different. Yeah, I thought he was joking. I thought there's no way, you know, and he said that he, you know, recorded the Grammys and he worked for Coachella and MTV. And I said, I'll meet you at my bar that I'm working at. You can come in and I'll survey you and see, you know. And um, <laughs> <clears throat> he, he was honestly telling the truth. Um, yeah. He's recorded Metallica. He's recorded the Rolling Stones. He worked for David Foster, a really famous producer. Yeah. He, he's done a lot. He has a very vast history of working in the audio world yeah. and had done that for years and just really wanted to write his own stuff. Yeah. And so, you know, he's made that switch and it's, it's pretty awesome because I had zero experience <laughs> when it came to actually being in a band yeah. and he had all of the experience. Yeah. So it, it worked out. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny too. I, I mentioned K-balling earlier, but like that's the exact same situation. He, he answered an ad on Craigslist to be in Stick Figure. Uh, and it was like right around the same time you uh, met Tone. And I was like, how weird is that? Apparently everybody in San Diego at the time was answering Craigslist ads to get in bands, man. It's crazy. <laughs> yes! Now, whenever, uh, you know, whenever a band's getting together, I've seen this several times. I've been a part of this several times. You got to vibe on some tunes together. You know, it's it, you got you to gotta have... A, a common sort of hey let's let's jam out to this you know it oh man i love that song and you know if one person's rocking gordon lightfoot and the other person's all megadeth what? it's sort of hard to meet in the middle do you remember some of the first songs that you and tone really started being like oh man yeah we got some of the same taste this is gonna work yeah i think it came from you know honestly both of us our parents are the same age mm -hmm. and our parents were very influential to us musically mm -hmm. so um like my childhood every single sunday we listened to a radio program called breakfast with the beatles mm. um and because of that i know every single beatles song <laughs> and now still to this day if i'm cleaning on a sunday i'm putting on the beatles nice. so he had the same sort of background of you know, his parents listened to Van Morrison and the Beatles and Paul Simon. And then we both grew up in the 90s. So we both loved bands like Nirvana and Soundgarden and kind of the grunge rock. Yeah. Um, so I think having those similar backgrounds of knowing those, you know, songs from the 60s and 70s that not everybody knows. Yeah. And then kind of really liking that grunge rock, discovering that at the same time as we were kids. Like, oh, cool. It's grimy guitar rock. It's cool. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, we kind of started talking about that kind of music and i think one of the first covers we did was ain't no sunshine by bill withers and nice. we still can't let that one go that, because it's just so much fun to play that's, that's so ironic actually my co-host on the show one of my co-hosts who uh is in currently in two bands i he had a live stream just uh two days ago and i was watching it and that was one of the covers that they did and I told him, I was like, hey, you guys killed uh, um, Ain't No Sunshine. And he was like, dude, I can't stand that song anymore. And I was like, why? He's like, every band I've been in, we play it 
every single gig. I can't take it anymore. And I was like, hey, it's a good song. I was like, at least if you're going to take it off, take another Bill Withers song with it. Like, put Use Me in instead or something. Come on. You can't get rid of yeah. You can't get rid of Bill Withers. He's too good. It's always a crowd pleaser for sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, I heard you guys hadn't really started jamming for that long and. Tone just set it up with a gig, like right out of the gate, and you were sort of like, "Whoa, I don't know if I'm I'm ready for that yet." Uh, what sort of you know, uh, what sort of transpired that first gig? Were you extremely nervous? Yeah, I was. I was about seventy five percent confident I was going to throw up on stage. For nerves. <laughs> um, he convinced me that that would become a shtick and people would like it. So yeah. I was like, okay. Nice. Um, that first show was crazy because I had worked at a bar at the time. And so I decided to like, we printed all these little flyers. It was just at a tiny club that held like 200 people. Mm -hmm. But we, I printed all these flyers and then I got everyone really drunk. <laughs> Sweet. Um, told them to come to the show. So we had like the rowdiest crowd ever. You know, there was like, people were going crazy. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was felt really good because it was, you know, working at that bar, I was able to like tell everyone about the band and get everyone excited. And all my friends showed up and, I mean, we had things break, and of course, things went wrong. And like, I remember, I spilled my drink, and the sound guy got kind of mad at me. And then I spent the next year being afraid of sound guys, like at every <laughs> show we played. But like, they're gonna yell at me, and um, yeah. but it was great. Like, I'm so glad he pushed me to do it because if I hadn't have been in a band with him, it could have been that if I was in a band with someone like me, we would just play in the garage and never do anything. For like that yeah. would be it. We'd just like jam. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, you know, to your defense, I mean, there are a lot of annoying sound guys. Yes. Let's be honest. I mean, a lot there of... Are. I mean, now they, I can stand up to them and put them in their place. They're, they're more disgruntled. I shouldn't say they're annoying. They're disgruntled because they do have to put up with a lot of crap usually. So they're just like, oh, God, what happened? Oh, Jesus, nobody cares what I'm doing. I'm not appreciated. <laughs> um now, on That's the true. first album, you guys put, uh, one of the songs was Give Em Hell, and uh, you play the mandolin, and you, you got to sing on it, which, you know, just your sort of response to that first gig, and knowing that you love drums, I'm guessing it wasn't your idea to do those things, and how, <laughs> when you found out you were doing this, and Tone wanted you to do this, uh, how resistant were you? Um, you know, I think my body was naturally resistant to it, so the mandolin wasn't as hard as the singing, because mm. when you're singing, in my mind, you are at your most vulnerable, especially if you don't feel like you have a fantastic voice. Yeah. Um, so my body would respond in ways that I didn't even realize till looking back how much I would shy away from the mic, <laughs> how much I would avoid, uh, turn down my monitors. I didn't want to hear my voice. Yeah. Um, which it, it, in the music world, that's the worst thing you can do because then you're just, you're shooting in the dark. Yeah. Um, but it took me several years to be comfortable with hearing my voice in my monitor, hearing my voice in the microphone, hearing my voice on a recording and and not wanting to just like I don't know <laughs> like shrink into the middle of the earth. It's um, it, that's definitely been a struggle. But I, I believe that you know vulnerability can be courageous. So yeah. um, if you can get past that, you know, and and Cohen being the wonderful singer that he is, and his work with so many great singers, it's intimidating. But he he likes my voice, nice. so that makes me feel like okay, well. He would tell me if it was really, really bad. <laughs> so, um, 
I'm going to sing a little, but I'm not going to sing a lot. But, you know, uh, I'll play more d- drums than singing, you know, yeah. and, and leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not, I mean, you know, it's not the easiest thing anyways in the, in the middle of the song. I mean, I, to, to me, it's easier to play the drums and sing than it is to play the guitar and sing. But that's just because I've been playing drums a lot longer than guitar. But uh, it's still, yeah. I, I don't know if you've heard the band Crownlands. Uh, they're a relatively new band uh, out of uh, out of Canada, and they're a duo as well. And their singer is the drummer, yes! um, like the lead singer. So cool. And he he like it's crazy because he belts out these tunes like Robert Plant style belting out while doing these crazy drum fills, and you're just like, what? How do you do that? Yeah. It's it's. It's impressive to see going at, you know, at once that singing level and the drums at the same time. Yes! Now, you have done two tours. We already talked about your two children. You have done two tours while pregnant with those children. That's a fact. And I was just talking about this the last show uh, with my co-hosts. Whenever I had to go to gigs and play the drums, I'd always try to convince my band that I could just use my Roland electric set and we didn't need to bring the acoustics because it was <laughs> it was such a pain to unload and load and tighten and tune and all of these things and I was just like, "Ah, oh, man, can't we just do the electrics?" Like so take <laughs> take that and add on top of it that you've got a person growing inside of you. Jeez. I've got to imagine that wasn't a pleasant experience. <laughs> Uh, honestly, they were my favorite tours ever. Wow. Um, but I got extra help, too. You know, like, I got extra help. I wasn't going to carry my drums. <laughs> um, being pregnant is really, really tough. No, like, I don't it's doubt it. Not, it's no <laughs> joke. So true. And for me, if I was at home, all I want to do is just sit there and, like, complain. Like, yeah. this sucks. Like, mm-hmm. my body hurts. Like, I don't, it's like, yes! you know, I spent months on the couch. Like, I, I was so tired, especially the second pregnancy with, with a little one-year-old at home and then being pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, but then to get out on tour, I just, I just absolutely loved it. I absolutely loved showing up to a venue and confusing of everyone like the sound guys will look at me funny the door guys like what why is there a pregnant person here oh wait why is she setting up a drum set wait she's playing like it was just so cool i don't know like to to shock people in that way and then to to know that like my babies had time on stage before they ever were even born and they don't have to be musicians but like that's a pretty cool story that they could tell their friends but they got to tour the world before they ever even were you know out out breathing their own air and they got um, palmed by Shaq yeah. it's also there yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's kind of magic you know it's just something that will probably never occur again in my lifetime and I just I, I if I could go back to any moment in my pregnancy it would be being able to tour pregnant. <laughs> well, it's I mean, it's definitely it's like you said, I could see where getting to tour would take your mind off the horribleness of it, of all yeah. the things going on around you. You get to sort of, you know, leave that leave that at least a little bit getting to go on stage and whatnot. So I can definitely see how it'd be a, a different experience. But um right now if you look on Spotify uh, your most streamed songs are Sheep in Wolf's Clothes, uh, Haunt at Heart, Crocodile Tears, Boiling Water, and then uh, Sunsets West. In your opinion, if you were thinking about it and all the songs in your guys' catalog, 
What song do you think people have most slept on? Hmm. Like, what's your favorite song that you that's not maybe one of those top five that I just listed that you're like, how did that get overlooked? Oh, hmm. Ah, let me think. Well, I mean, immediately I think of a, we have a song that's not released yet. Okay. And um, we're working on a new record. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, so it's not on there. So it wouldn't be up there. But it's my absolute favorite song to play that we've ever written. Nice. And it's a cover of Baba Ba Black Sheep. Oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, we're so. I'm hoping, I think of those songs that you mentioned, that those are pretty much the most popular songs. Like people like Give Them Hell or Trouble Ahead. There's some other ones that, yeah. but those are the ones that we always play at every show. For sure. But we've been working recently on these old nursery rhymes. Mm-hmm. So we're working on, I'm not even kidding here, but like Mary Had a Little Lamb, Row, Row, Row Your Boat, Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, Ba Ba Black Sheep. Um, it makes sense. It has been, <laughs> it's been the funnest thing that we've done in many, many years. And when I play that song, Ba Ba Black Sheep, now we have yet to fully record it, but mm-hmm. there's been no song in our entire career that's made me feel that happy as playing Ba Ba Black Sheep. Nice. Now, well, it, it makes sense for, t- I mean, obviously, uh, your kids, uh, so it, it makes sense uh, if they're around. It's a good, 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 uh, good tunes for them. And two, it, uh, it, it just reminds me of Kurt Cobain. Because that's what he told Nirvana every single time they were like Dave Grohl would bring songs to him and be like, "Hey, how about this?" And he'd be like, "No, it's too complicated. Think nursery rhyme. That's what people want to hear. <laughs> they want to hear something that they can sing to that level. So if you go to that level starting off, there you go. Yes! It's everybody. Everybody. Oh, I love that story. Yeah, everybody's in on the song if they already know the nursery rhyme. So it makes sense. I. I want to see a whole album of Little Hurricane uh, nursery rhymes. Uh, it's coming. Yep, it's coming. <laughs> well, uh, your most recent album was Love Luck. Came out about a year ago. Uh, and This was the first album you had to record while caring for a child. Uh, and I think you recorded this whole album at your house. Is that correct? Yes, we did. Now, was that difficult? <laughs> um. You know, it, we've recorded every album ourselves, so mm-hmm. it's always been either at our home or we rent a place. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't difficult because we had the, the extra bedroom. So right now, that bedroom is now our studio and my daughter's nursery. <laughs> so actually, today, after I speak with you, we're going to go look at um, a bookmobile mm. to possibly build a studio at a bookmobile. Nice. Um part about recording at home right because like we we have space but not now that we have two kids not quite enough space yeah so um moving forward we will still be recording all our own albums but they may possibly be recorded in a bookmobile or who knows we've considered many other things for our studio so well yeah you guys performed in jam in the van you could have i mean jam yep. bookmobile sort of deal i mean you know it's it, it makes yeah, sense that's how we knew it worked yeah <laughs> this was the fifth album since homewrecker how do you think, and I mean, I obviously you listened to the first album, you listened to uh, Love Luck. There are a lot of changes. What do you think sort of the biggest sound change was between, between those getting all the way to Love Luck? How has Little Hurricane sound changed? Um, I think we've probably developed our skills on our instruments more as we've played together and kind of gelled together more. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think the songwriting on that first record was maybe a little bit angry um we had some anger to get out and yeah. as, you know each album kind of is a, a 
chapter of our lives. So, you know, Love Luck, it had some sad songs on it. My, yeah. my brother had passed away uh, during that time that we were writing the record. So mm-hmm. there's some stuff about him on there. And um, my brother, actually, he's in every single one of our albums. There's at least one song about him, and yeah. including Give Him Hell. That was all about Joe. And mm-hmm. um, so I think maybe... This last record was maybe more somber than I, I hope the next record to be. I'm hoping this chapter, give, even given coronavirus and everything, that this chapter is going to be a little more upbeat. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, you, along with this most recent album, your most recent release was a much more upbeat. Yes! Uh, it was a, a cover of Afternoon Delight. Now, I, I can't help but notice there seems to be a lot of connections between your guys' stuff an anchor man. So true. There seems to be, <laughs> yeah. I mean, stay classy, afternoon delight. There seems to be these connections. Was that one of the reasons why you guys decided to cover afternoon delight, or was it just we love the song, let's do it? Well, it sort of was. So we had the record stay classy, and we had a ad agency that needed a a song for Taco Bell's happier hour that they were doing a little while back they love you guys (laughs) taco bell does so they came to us and asked us to record afternoon delight and so that's that's how we ended up with that song but that was our fifth fifth taco bell commercial (laughs) man they keep coming back to you that was i mean I, i i saw that and i was just like man those guys at taco bell were like you know what this is our band. Little Hurricane is our band. <laughs> for some reason, Taco Bell. We will, we will and forever Hurricane. be the Taco Bell band. I am so grateful. I hope they keep coming back because it really, for a band like us, that makes a big difference in our year to be able to oh, get no a doubt. tour van or make things happen. No, yeah. I, I, well, and, you know, I mean, I, I can't lie. Taco Bell was probably the place that I ate the most in high school and, and college. Yes! I, I, oh, man. Just so many choices. I just love Taco Bell. I can't. <laughs> Can't, and yet they all taste the same. <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, last question: What does uh, what does the rest of 2020 hold for you guys? What uh, what is Little Hurricane going to try to accomplish in the rest of 2020? So we're going to try and make this our best year yet, and nice. uh, I think we're going to obviously go back to the Zoom concerts mm-hmm. and do private concerts for people, and continue working on our record, and ideally, you know, build our first actual freestanding studio apart from our home um and that's very exciting because you know we want to record other bands there's there's a lot we want to do we have a small record label and um you know the future is unknown but i'm incredibly optimistic awesome awesome and now how much have you have you uh i mean aside from the nursery rhymes have you already started on some album material or is it is it still fresh right now We've got, you know, uh, a new song we just started kicking around that's not a nursery rhyme, mm-hmm. but we have about 13 nursery rhymes that we're trying to get recorded. Nice. Nice. So the album <laughs> is. The album is, is coming. It is. Yes. Well, Cece, we are against a break, but I want to thank you for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Listeners, you can check out all things Little Hurricane at littlehurricanemusic.com, or you can follow them on Instagram at littlehurricane. Right now, let's take a listen to that title track, Love Luck, by Little Hurricane, right here on the Doc G Show. Short work is long 
Sometime almost done, you know Some days are better than some What you know about life When I was young, I was dumb Probably things I shouldn't have done But I wouldn't change a thing If I thought it through now What you know about love the doc g show you just heard a little hurricane with love luck right there and before that you just heard one half of little hurricane with cc spina right here on the doc g show fantastic such a such a joy to talk to her jake she's so happy all the time man i mean i gotta be honest yeah she if i had a looks happy if i had a two and a half year old and a seven month year old i'd be like i have it slapped in three weeks you what? I can't take your questions right now. Like, she's got the patience, man. She's got the patience. Now, you weren't in a high school band, were you? I was. No, I didn't play music mm. until I was. Yeah, not until college. Nineteen huh? years old. Yeah. 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 Me, me, and Cece, we were, we were in. Now she dropped out in marching band. I went all the way through. So true. Uh, you know, I went, I went sixth grade to, to senior year. You know. Um, good times, man. Good times. We weren't a good drum line by any means. Nope. But it was good times. Oh! 
Shout out to Miss Duncan once again. Shout and out. if I was in San Diego, and if any of those listeners are in San Diego, you need to hit up the Taco Attack Taco Truck. August, August 4th, next week. Hit it up. CC's going to be there. She'll make you some tacos. It'll be delicious. So true. You know? But I'll tell you, I'll tell you, Jake, she's talking about her, her grandma's being Italian. Mmm. Nothing better than homemade Italian. I'm, nothing better. Sounds delish. I have, I have said for years and years, Jake, I think Thanksgiving food should all be turned to Italian. That's a fact. That is my belief. And if I oh man, if I ever actually have Thanksgiving festivities at a house of my own, it is Italian food that will be had. That will happen. You know, you know what? Let's do it. Yeah. Let's, let's have a Doc G show Thanksgiving. Boom. Uh, lasagna. Yeah. Uh, some 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 toast. What? You know, Post, pasta Italian with a style. bolognese sauce. Uh, cannolis for for dinner. Uh, we'll even go American style uh, Italian as well. Like we'll have some baked ziti. We'll have some uh, baked raviolis. Uh, maybe we'll have some scampi. Maybe we'll go a little seafood on them as well. Who knows? I'm excited, Jake. We'll do it. We'll do it. It's on. Doc G Show Thanksgiving. It happened. Write it down, everybody. Nobody's invited except for Jake. Boom. Wait, what? Um, yes. Well, and Dave. Dave and Jake, sorry, listeners. Yeah. You'll just okay. get to see pictures and uh, rememberings of it. But anyways, I got sidetracked, Jake. Thank you to CC for coming on the show. Fantastic. Make sure you check out their newest, latest album, Love Luck. Very good project right there. Very good album. It's on sale. You can get the vinyl or the CD if you're a CD-type person. Um, okay, Jake, are you ready for the Let's newest edition? Of the Doc G Show, Jordan, Shoe and Tell. Let's do this thing. Yes, yes, yes. I am very excited about the shoe today, Jake. It's it's a it's a biggie. It's a biggie. Let me reach down, pull her off here. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. We have got none other. Yeah. Than the Jordan 13s. She's a beaut. He got game edition. Say what? He got game edition, my friend. Say what? This, yeah, this is one of my favorites, Jake. It definitely is. Now, again, notable things. This was released in 97. We got the first edition of these in 97. Uh, these are another Tinker Hatfield classic right here. Yes! Uh, now, this is the first pair of Jordans, Jake, that was made entirely, designed entirely on a computer. Hmm. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Now, Tinker, the cool thing about these, the cool thing about these is that Tinker basically couldn't come up with an idea of, like, a new design. And so he kept watching Jordan play. And one day when he was watching mm -hmm. him, he was like, you know, that guy reminds me of, like, a panther. Hmm. He reminds me of, like, a jaguar, of, like, how athletic he is and how he can attack in the blink of an eye. So true. And so he went to Jordan and he told him this idea of inspiration of a cat, of a of a predator cat, an apex predator. And Jordan was like, how'd you know that? Hmm. And Tink was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, that all my friends call me black cat. And he was like, I didn't know that. 
And apparently, Jake, all of Jordan's close friends called him Black Cat. Say what? So, of course, he loved the idea that he was going to design the shoe off of a cat. There you go. There you go. And so he designed it that way, and now, as you see on the soles of the shoe, it's basically made to look like the paw of a big cat. And then on the back, you've got this glowing hologram with 23 in it, and that's supposed to be like the glowing eye of a cat. Boom. Boom. Now, that's a fact. As I said before, Jake, probably the most uh, notable game of the shoe was January 13, 1998. He scored yeah, 40 right. points against the Sonics while he was still getting over the flu. Now, obviously, this is most yeah. less notable than his real flu game against the Utah Jazz uh, in the playoffs, but he still, actually, this is a flu game, and he scored 40 points. Very impressive in these shoes. Now, the other thing that I mentioned was these shoes were in the Spike Lee movie, He Got Game, uh -huh. before they were released to the public. What? Denzel Washington's character wore these shoes in the in the movie before they were released to the, the public. Yeah, uh, worn by that. Jake Shuttlesworth, Denzel Washington's character, Jake Shuttleworth. So what I'm telling you, Jake, is when I wear these, I'm basically Denzel Washington. Basically. That's the case. Basically, Denzel Washington. Boom! There you go. Jude, Jordan, shoe and tell. AJ 13s. How do you feel about that, Jake? Good? Good? Again, I'm just lacking on the Jordan, the Jordans. That's it's all, all right. You'll get there. You'll go. What size shoe you wear, Jake? Uh, like 11 and a half. Yeah, there you go. Boom. Me and you fit. All right. You, you, anytime, anytime you want to take a stroll in one of my Jordans, feel free. Feel free. But not when it's raining. Uh, not fair. when it's raining. That's all right. I wouldn't do that. Can't wear them. Good. Good. Okay. Now, are you ready for the last birthday suit? I think we skipped two. But yeah, let's do this. Oh, one. we did. We, we, Dude, you didn't even remind me on the second way around. How could you? Oh, come on. Now we're going to have to do two back to back. That's all right. Jeez. I just want to make sure that there's an even playing field for when Dave comes on next. <laughs> and then... <laughs> You can let Good. him know. You're fair. You're fair. I like it. Okay. Yes! Okay. So, which one would you rather have? The uh, movie-related uh, birthday suit or the uh, bur uh, the uh, music one first? Uh, let's do the movie one first. Okay. Now, this is a hard movie one because it's not an actor. All right. No. Oh. It's a it's a producer and director. Okay. Um. Here we go. Born uh, in Brooklyn, New York, July 29, 1953. His mother was a biotechnician. His father was a graduate student at Columbia University. Uh, very sh uh, early in life, they moved frequently because once his father graduated, he worked in France as a professor, Delaware, and Michigan. Uh, sadly, our birthday suit wearer's mother died of breast cancer when he was 11. He loved history growing up and loved actually reading the encyclopedia for fun. He ended up going to the uh, to Hampshire College in Amherst, Massachusetts. Uh, he ended up earning a bachelor's in film studies and design in 1975. In 1981, inspired by a David McCullough book, The Great Bridge, 
about the creation of the Brooklyn Bridge. Our birthday suit wear made a documentary titled Brooklyn Bridge. Hmm. It earned an Academy Award nomination and aired on PBS. This inspired our birthday suit wearer to make many, many more documentaries. Hmm. In 1990, he released a nine-part documentary titled The Civil War. Wow. It was the most watched program ever aired on PBS. Jeez. Over 39 million people tuned in in its first airing. It ended up winning over 40 awards, including two Emmys, two Grammys, a Peabody Award, and Producer of the Year. In 2017, he did a very similar series titled Vietnam War, which was a 10-part series. Rotten Tomatoes gave it a score of 98%, and Metacritic gave it universal acclaim. Wow. And just this past year, he released another 8-part series titled Country Music, chronicling the history of country music. Name that birthday suit wearer. I have no idea, but I'm just going to throw one out there and say Sam Mendez. <laughs> no. Oh. Uh, I, I, I will say, uh, maybe a second guess, maybe you've heard of his baseball documentary or jazz documentary. He also did two on that. Does that help any? Hmm. His name starts with a K. Not at all. His last name with a B. Hmm. I'm not going to get it, Ben. <laughs> okay, Ken Burns. <laughs> Ken yeah. Burns. Jake, if you knew, yeah. if you need to know one thing about me, and I know you know several things about me, one other thing about me, huh? I enjoy documentaries. Word. I enjoy oh, I too, a good bro. documentary yeah. flick. And let me tell you something, Jake. If you like documentaries, I'm not sure you can get better than Ken Burns. Ken Burns is it when it comes to two documentaries. That's a fact. I mean, let me tell you right now, listeners, and Jake, hmm. when you watch the country do uh, music documentary and you get to the point where Vince Gill is performing at George Jones's memorial and he can't finish the song because he's too choked up about George Jones, or when you get to the point of the Vietnam, uh, Vietnam documentary where John Musgraves explains how he still can't sleep at night with the lights off, because of what he saw in the jungles of Vietnam 50 years ago? Poignant. Yes. That is what it is. Yes. Poignant, Jake. It pulls at your heartstrings. So true. Ken Burns. You're doing an incredible job. He can do it better than anybody. Yeah. No, 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 no. Trust me, Jake. Ken Burns, way better. He can pull at your heartstrings like nobody else with history. That's a fact. And that's the beauty of it. You learn history while you're doing it, Jake. Amazing. Amazing. Anyone out there, I'd say go watch the Civil War documentary. I'd say watch the Vietnam one. I'd say watch the jazz one. And I'd say watch the country music one. All four. So, stellar. So all of them. Beautifully done. Beautifully done. Okay, are you ready for the music one? Here we go. I gotta redeem myself. Born on July 29th, 1953 in North York, Ontario. Both of his parents were Holocaust survivors from Poland. The family moved to Canada after the war. Our birthday suit, uh, uh, our birthday suit wearer uh, turned to music at the age of 10. Started playing with uh, his high school friends. Started making money from gigs, so he dropped out of high school. 
1969, he formed a band with two other uh, musicians. They named their band Rush. Yes! They considered themselves a power trio. Our birthday suit wearer played the bass. They released 19 albums with some of their hits being... Getty Lee. Getty Lee is correct. Yes! With obviously some of Rush's hits being Tom Sawyer, Fly By Night, Closer to the Heart, The Spirit of the Radio, and Limelight. Also, fun fact, he is our former guest, Kevin Como, from Crownland's musical hero, Getty Lee. And I'm sure Kevin already knows this, but fun fact about Getty, his name comes from the fact that his mom had a very strong Polish accent. And his actual name when he was born was Gary. But she'd call oh. him Gary and it'd sound like Getty. Getty Lee. Oh, okay. That's and so cool. all of his friends just started calling him Getty because that's what his mom called him. And so then eventually he was just like, I'm going to change my name to Getty. And he did. And he's Getty Lee. There you go. Boom. Sweet. Boom. The whole, holy triumphant. They're good, man. They can rock it out. They can rock it out. I don't know. I think I got to go really cliche and say my favorite Rush song is uh, uh, Tom Sawyer. I think I got to mm-hmm. I got to stay uh, I got to yeah. stay cliche. Either that or Limelight. I do really like Limelight, Limelight. too. That's a good jam. Limelight for me. Yeah. 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 That's understandable. That's understandable. Well, happy birthday to both of those guys, uh, Getty Lee and Ken Burns. Ken Burns. Oh, they're the same age, too. I didn't even notice that when I wrote it up. Both turning uh, 67. Say what? Happy birthday to Getty Lee. Happy birthday to uh, uh, to Ken Burns. There we go. Okay, Jake, real quick before we go, I want to tell all the listeners, want to tell you we've got uh, three great shows coming up. The two uh, closest shows, we've got the fantastic Blackwater Fever Band. Yes! What a band these guys are. They make some great music. Can't wait to talk to these guys. It's going to be a good time. And just recently confirmed, we've got Steepwater Band coming on as well. So true. Very excited about Steepwater. And then lastly... We've got Red Fang. Sweet. So we've got three super classic rock bands coming up. They're fantastic. Can't wait to talk to them. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time, Jake. Hmm. Juicy. Okay. Okay. Just wanted to make sure you were still, you still had a heartbeat. Wanted I'm to make still sure. here. Okay. Good. Good. <laughs> okay. Well, until next week, we're going to have to wrap it up. I have been your host, Doc G, with me, as always, on the Sunday Fun Day edition. But he joined us today for the Hump Day edition, Mr. Jake Papa J-Bones Parlor. Yeah, keep her sleazy. Boom. And until next week, zip it up and zip it out. <laughs> <laughs>